0: You're listening to more in the morning with special guest host, John Torrey, on News Talk 1010, Toronto. (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: Robert Turner, the disciplinarian, and he is, I was saying, he's, he's kind of my boss. He's Mark twoies too, I guess, when we get Mark on, because Mark does a lot of work here. But uh, Jerry Agar had come in just to disrupt things, and he brought coffee, which was most welcome. I can assure you at this hour of the morning, he, he brought coffee. But then I made mention of the fact, and, and Mark may be the same way I made mention of the fact, because Jerry, of course, you remember, because uh, he talks about it often, his early days in, in Manitoba, and he's from there and, he, and born near there. And I mentioned that I'd been in Winnipeg on Tuesday, which I was, and then I mentioned that I had met the new premier of Manitoba. And immediately his eyebrows go up and he starts frowning and scowling. And I'm kind of saying, well, do you not think much of the new premier? And I said, look, he is the real deal. And I'll tell you more about him later. Uh, this guy, you should read his book. Uh, it, it, he's got an incredible life story, but he's, a, he's, he's an intelligent, uh, well, you know, uh, but Jerry, of course, is immediately bothered by the fact he's had a few things happen in his past. And I'm prepared to overlook uh, those, as we'll talk about with uh, Mark on uh, the Rob Ford Stadium renaming issue, but uh, he is now. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, very successful at what he does and bring about real change in Manitoba and across the country. Anyway, uh, Robert got mad at us because we were in the midst of having a gab about that. Well, the commercial break was ending and now you had to do the talk. Yeah, no, part, no, no, I so know. I get it. And, I get do, it I get and keep it. in mind, Jerry's reactions at this hour of the morning. He brought coffee. <laughs> he hasn't had his yet. <laughs> that, so the coffee helps moderate that. No, we don't no, put Jerry he, on the air before his coffee he, for he, he a should reason. have stopped that he bought coffee, Robert, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And besides which, I was just amused. The minute I mentioned the new premier of Manitoba, he looks as if I've just mentioned that I met the devil himself. Mark Tui, good morning. Trusted advisor to business and political leaders and uh, regular contributor here, of course. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing
0: really well. Good to talk with you.
1: Are you as uh, immediately horrified based on what you've read about my having met the new premier of Manitoba, who is NDP? But NDP on the prairies is different than it is here.
0: Uh, yeah, and they've had uh, they've flirted with NDP governments there before. There's usually a lot of regret that follows them. I grew up in British Columbia, where the NDP was quite infamous for most of my life as having kind of financially destroyed the province and uh, paving the road for social credit uh, for many years. And then, as governments do, you get tired of them, even if it was a choir of angels, and you want to change. And so the NDP came back, and they seem to have been able to manage out there quite well. Yeah, we're not we're not. So- to
1: talk about BC, but I do think over the years the NDP in British Columbia were more radical, as it were, more sort of what we would expect in days gone by of the NDP. Whereas the ones in Saskatchewan and Manitoba were oftentimes more conservative fiscally than governments of other stripes. You know.
0: Yeah, the NDP in British Columbia, when I was there, basically were lock, stock, and barrel with organi- with public sector labor, and yeah. uh, it was difficult to know what the purpose of the legislature was because all the decisions seemed to be made uh, between the premier and the uh, Union leaders exactly. So back to uh, the good old province of Ontario. Uh, Premier Ford to announce
1: details of beer and wine and corner so, uh, stores today. Uh, you know, I, I just think it, look, it'll, it'll be allow him to tick that off on his list of things that he said he would do during the election. Which for any politician, including when I was one, is is a, a very relieving thing to be able to do. But I just think it's it's sort of no big deal if you add up the fact that we've got uh, you know it seems a cannabis star in every corner and the world has not come to an end, except maybe for some of them who aren't doing much business. Uh, we've got uh, beer beer. and wine sold in grocery stores and in a lot of those agency stores around the province, so they are convenience stores and people have been used to going there for many years now. Uh, And I think you've got maybe a more mature attitude about people drinking and driving and things like kids, uh, which were the fears that go all the way back 30 years. Um, I think this is more about Doug Ford ticking it off on his
0: list and it will bring about a change uh, than anything else, but not a big deal otherwise. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is something that uh, the average Ontario resident has shaken their heads over uh, the last decades and wonder why we don't already have this. As I said, I grew up in British Columbia when I moved to uh, Toronto. You know, my God, I learned something that I hadn't known, which was if you shopped on Sundays, you know, the world would yeah. end. If bars were open until 2 a.m. instead of one end, the, the earth would come screeching to a halt on its axis. And, and all of these are things that are done in other provinces all the time time, uh, same with selling uh, beer and wine in corner stores, but the devil will be in the details, because it restaurants in Ontario right now can sell you liquor and uh, and wine and beer in their restaurants, but they don't, believe it or not, uh, for most listeners, they don't get a wholesale price from the LCBO, which is the only place they're legally allowed to purchase uh, spirits and, and wine and beer. Uh, they, in fact, pay more than I do when they go into an LCBO so the bottle of wine that I pay for at dinner costs the restaurant more than I would pay for it. So I hope they're going to shake their heads, fix those rules, which they tried to soften a little bit during pandemic. But also for retailers at corner stores, they better get a volume discount because you know, that's how the world turns. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of these
1: things, uh, you know, and I think Doug Ford and, and some before him have proven that, you know, when the predictions were abound abound that abounding that, uh, you know, the world would come to an end if these things happen, the world has not come to an end and it won't come to an end as a result of this. But I think, as you say, the devil is always in the details. So, uh, and, and by the way, I'm going to talk later on today and I'm sure you would concur this whole thing. The columnists are all, you know, in a great flutter now talking about how often Doug Ford changes his mind. I think people actually, you know, welcome uh, politicians changing their mind as long as they think the end result was, you know, kind of the right thing to do. But uh, a big change of mind on the uh, so-called Peel divorce. uh, And I think when it came to light as to exactly what the costs would be, uh, you know, then they figured this wouldn't go ahead. and, And that's exactly what they've done. And I think it was probably the right thing to do, given all the numbers.
0: Yeah, if you opposed uh, the dissolution of Peel Region, then you very you better be applauding the decision to stop it. Uh, But that, of course, isn't the role of opposition parties in the legislature. They opposed uh, the decision in the first place. Now they're opposing the changing of the decision uh, for slightly different reasons. But, hey, in the private sector, quite often businesses decide, we're going to try this. And they start moving in that direction. And then as they gather more information, they realize... This isn't the way that, this isn't working out the way we thought it is, so we're gonna change direction. It's not how politics is normally done, but uh, when you consider the only thing that they didn't do before making this decision was onerous rounds of so-called public uh, consultation and uh, committee hearings at the legislature in which neither of case do the average person ever get to have a say and you never learn anything new. So public consultation when done by government is usually pointless uh, they've done it after the fact but it's so they've changed the direction it's kind of like the way Elon Musk built SpaceX from yeah. nothing to the best uh, space uh, rocket and you know uh, company Mark, on I think if they'd had endless consultations uh, they would have heard people
1: saying look I'm, I'm more or less satisfied with the way you deliver you know services to me and there's some exceptions to that but the one thing that I want you to do is to find a way to do this at, at either no increased cost or ideally even less cost and I think when this thing was proving to be something that would dramatically increase cost for the taxpayers, that's when people would have had an opinion saying, don't do it. If it's going to cost more money, don't do it. We don't care about all the structural considerations. Uh, If it saves money, fine. If it costs more, don't do it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And this transition board, if it uh, gets a chance to look under the hood and figure out how to make things a little bit faster, that would be good because I worked, uh, after my time at City Hall in Toronto, did some consulting both with developers and with uh, local governments, some of them in regional uh, structures like Peel, specifically Peel. I worked with Caledon and the planning process there is uh, twice as difficult as it is in Toronto, simply because you have to do it two times. You know, you have your own official plan for the City of Caledon, Brampton, and Mississauga. But then you also have to have a regional official plan, and councillors from Mississauga get to veto what you want to do in Caledon uh, for no particularly good reason. So that just adds delay and cost. And if we're trying to attack uh, you know, a shortage of housing, they got to change something.
1: So I want to ask you about one here uh, in the uh, five things we need to know that we talked about earlier on. Uh, The council yesterday, by unanimous vote, approved the deal with the province. And here's where I'm going to test your experience down there, and I had, uh, you know, eight years plus there too. Uh, The vote was 24 to zero. And yet, you have issues inside that deal, uh, you know, like Ontario Place, where the city had to sort of back off, uh, like the Gardener where some people are upset that it's being uploaded, although it makes perfect sense to, to have it, uh, those two highways, the Gardener and the Parkway, uploaded, because every other highway belongs to the province, but it does stop the people who want to tear it down. Uh, how could it be the case that there wasn't one person uh, that, you know, ended up sort of voting on those issues and saying, well, because of the fact that it... Uh, uh, m- allows the gardener to stay up in effect or because of the fact that we don't get our way in a Ontario place, I'm going to vote against this, but nobody did.
0: Yeah, interesting. It uh, clearly means to me that uh, Mayor Olivia Chow has uh, cracked the whip and promised the right things to councillors. She's even got uh, Josh Madlow, a notorious loner, uh, who uh, never picked a side in the whole time that exactly. I was down there. And I think probably while you were down there and felt that he personally was the voice of opposition against anything that came out of the mayor's office. Exactly. He's picked sides. He's taken sides with Olivia Chow, and uh, he speaks that way. Uh, I think it's... in. I, I, I may not like the decisions that he then makes sometimes but I think it is uh, finally a little bit of uh, growing up from uh, from Matlow that he's uh, on somebody's side now and not doing it alone now I didn't have a chance to look
1: but it was 24 to 0 which means there are two people who didn't vote and he might have been one who just took a walk and you know that's a time honored a time honored tradition that people I are, had
0: to post people at the gates to keep councilors in their oh seats Oh my god is eat. it yeah.
1: yeah I remember Doug Ford giving me a bit of a going over in one of the debates when we were running with each other for mayor and he would say there's no uh, button in the middle there's only a red button and a green button green meaning yes and of course red meaning no and he was right there wasn't and it did cause you to be a better decision maker but the people he 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 forgot God in saying that, and others have as well, that you could just get up out of your seat and leave the room and not vote. Mark Toohey, that's all we have time for today, but it's always good to talk to you with your experience you've had in business and in uh, politics, and we'll do it again. Thanks, John. Thanks a lot.